Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transforming the church. I'm here with Nick. Mary, New Year continues. Guys, how are you? Pretty good. Doing great. How are those resolutions going? We haven't blown it yet. It's only been like, what, 10, 11 days? Yeah. Hey, that's right. It's kind of early on, huh? <laughs> so far, so good. Good. What's our topic today? Today's topic is do we really believe God speaks? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Seems like a really simple topic, but uh, I think we're going to try to unpack that. As simple as this sounds, this is the heart of transformation. Yes. So eager to get into it with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Shall Let's we pray, pray first? Father. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just entrust uh, our lives, our families, our parishes, our diocese, this country, the world into your hands, confident that you are a good Father who has not only created everything out of nothing, but out of your great love has sent your only begotten Son so as to rescue us from the powers of sin and death and to begin the work of recreation which will happen one day when he gloriously returns. But even now, today, he wants to continue through us broken vessels as we are. And so, Lord, we ask your anointing upon our conversation, upon the ears of all our brothers and sisters who are with us. Fill us with courage and hope in these days that we find ourselves living in. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Nick, before we get into our topic, uh, we got a big announcement. What's the big announcement? We do. Drum roll. We are, we are excited to announce that we have started a weekly article series called Thoughts from the Trailer. Woohoo! Thoughts from the Trailer. That sounds like a real exciting thing. That's right. Mary, Mary what's our tagline on that? Where God makes his plan known. Woohoo! All right. So, what's this all about? Yeah, well, that, that's a great question for you. Why, why, why did we decide to do this, Father John? Yeah, a couple reasons. So I think one of them is the simple fact that we all learn in different ways, right? Yeah. So we have on our website, we got videos, we got podcasts. Um, some people love to watch something. Some people like to listen to something. I love to read things all the time, right? So in my mind, one of the, one of the blogs or the weekly articles, daily articles, actually, that I read all the time is The Catholic Thing. Some of you might be familiar with that. And the, the whole idea behind that was, hey, let's write something short, sweet, that I can read over a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And so we really felt like we, we continually feel the Lord's calling us to share with other people what he's given to us. And so this is another attempt to try to kind of over-communicate, if you will, uh, what we feel like God has shared with us. So where can people find it? So people can find this on our website. If you go to our homepage, acts29.org, that's A-C-T-S-X-X-I-X.org. If you go to our homepage and kind of scroll down, you'll see the latest article there. You can just simply click on that, and it'll take you to the, the article. You'll also be able to see all the previous articles written there. And there you'll also have the option to sign up to receive this weekly article, Thoughts from the Trailer, to your inbox. So we release podcasts on Monday mornings, and we're going to be releasing our weekly article every single Wednesday morning, and that will come straight to your email if you so desire. And we also ask for anybody who does sign up that if you find it encouraging and edifying that you'd please share it. Send it to people. Invite them to sign up as well. We just want to get this stuff out there. We think this is stuff God's giving us, and we want to give it to all of you for free. I love that. So I know this first article actually explains the title, Yeah. but 
someone say something quick like, what in the world does thoughts from the trailer mean? So I remember when we were at the parish, um, we were building an expansion onto the, onto the church. And one day this trailer arrived on the property, and we would watch the construction workers go into that trailer every morning and then come out after maybe 45 minutes or so with their hard hats in hand and move into the construction zone. And there was just this regular rhythm of going into that trailer and then going out and starting to build. Back and forth throughout the day. Back and forth, this natural rhythm. And what was in the trailer? What were they looking at? They were looking at blueprints. They were looking at the architectural designs, the blueprints. So they constantly had to go back to that source so they knew what it is they were building. And so, so we have, um, we find that just to be a helpful metaphor when we talk about uh, the natural rhythm that is our chapel and our conference room. So over our chapel is a sign that says the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then above our conference room is a sign that says the construction zone. And the irony is we have, we each have our own individual offices, but because we do so much of our work together, we pray together deeply and we collaborate together Mm -hmm. in the conference room, we have that same natural rhythm of going from the trailer to the construction zone as we try to pray together and discern what it is the Spirit of God's asking us to do in this mission. Awesome. That's great. For more info, got to read the article, so go to it. We can't give the whole thing away, right? (laughs) So, I mean, giving it away, really, that that, that really is at the heart of a lot of our work. So we often say about ourselves, uh, we feel like God has called us out of parish and diocesan ministry for the sake of parishes and diocesan ministry, right? So as to to try to help bring a contribution to the transformation of the church. And uh, we, we say at the beginning of our podcast, or, you know, we talk about anything and everything having to do with transforming the church. Nobody has the answer mm-hmm. as to how to transform the church. We don't think we have the answer, but we do firmly believe and think that we have some answers and so one of the things that we, uh, I think we were increasingly trying to step into when we describe ourselves to others is we, we, we really believe in absolute all humility that God has given us something. And he hasn't given us something because like we're really smart or we're very wise or for any reason other than he's just in his own providence chosen to give us something. He's revealed some things to us, we think, which are really essential for bringing about the transformation of the church. And so they aren't given to us for us. They're given to us to give away. And we mean that. We give it away. Mary and I uh, were on a conversation not too long ago with a bishop and one of his right-hand priests, and we were just describing the work that we do, trying to give him a feel for all of this. He said, well, that's very interesting. He says, I'll have to, you know, talk to some of our folks and see, you know, like, uh, whether we could fit this into our budget. And I said, no, we're free. And he went, what? And I said, we're free. He goes, how do you do that? He says, no, that's another conversation. <laughs> I said, people are just generous. I mean, they, they support us. The only cost that anybody ever incurs for us is they got to get us to where we're going and they got to put us up. But, you know, Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give away. And we want to give everything away. We just want God to be glorified. Mm. And so God's given us some things. We're glad to receive them. We just want to pass them on, right? So what are we giving away today? Well, that goes back to the title of this. Does, does, do we really believe God speaks? And we do. 
I mean, the, the Christian life, as you say, Mary, is predicated on the fact that God speaks. Amen. We can, we can, he, he, is, he has spoken, and he continues to speak. That said, today we want to give that to you. We want to, we want to pass to you this, this conviction we have, because it's true for all of us, that God is speaking, and uniquely with regards to transformation in the church, the only way the church will get transformed is if we listen to him and what he's saying. He's well, let me keep you off right there, because that just sounds like too simplistic. Like, you got to be kidding. Like, God, God speaks, so you're going to tell me that the answer to everything is prayer? Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> we I are. think it is. <laughs> okay, so we know it sounds overly simplistic, right? But unfortunately, this is not the norm. It does sound that simple, and it does sound that almost... Duh. Yeah, I mean, that's, it really, it just feels that way even when we say it. But the reality is, this is the truth. And oftentimes, in parish life, diocesan life, and family life, we treat prayer as though it doesn't really do anything, or it's just sort of perfunctory exercise that we just have to kind of do or say or acknowledge that God exists before we move into the work that we're doing. I mean, this is normative in the church. So, Nick, I just want to say something before we move on. You know, oftentimes what we press into in the church when we're talking about transformation, renewing diocesan life, rebuilding parish structures so they're healthy, is we think it's there's a program or a method to what it is we're doing. Like, what's that next best thing coming through the pipeline? We'll just grab a hold of that. But we were doing some work in a diocese recently, and one of the leaders there said something that I think caught everyone's attention. It certainly caught my ear. He said, if you're looking for a magic bullet, it's prayer. And I thought, amen, brother, that's exactly right. It's prayer. So let's help people understand why this is so important by maybe helping them to realize, unfortunately, and we don't want this to be condemning in the least. I mean, please, I'm as guilty of this kind of behavior that we're going to talk about as anybody. What, what has been our normal experience in diocesan or parish life? Yeah, I'd love to share about that so everybody can peer into it who doesn't do it, but also those who are in these ministry circles can go, oh, that's what we do. And again, not to condemn anyone, just to say, like, we have to break out of this habit. Okay, so I was working in one diocese, and um, uh, this team in particular uh, started to get deeper habits of prayer going, which was, which was a positive thing. And so they started to go into the chapel before they started their meeting just to pray. So it started off, just, uh, to make a long story short, it started off just kind of like some rote prayer a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper, more and more listening. And then it started to kind of move into like asking questions in the chapel before the meeting would start. So maybe let's just say they would take 15 minutes or so, walk into the chapel, ask the Lord a question, and then go back to the meeting. Well, on one particular moment, the leader of this meeting, after the prayer, said, hey, we're not going to do that anymore. It's taking too much time. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Because the burden on this person, God bless them, was they had so much work to do. They were so overwhelmed, they couldn't spend time doing that kind of prayer, which was the kind of prayer that brings transformation, asking questions, listening, coming back to the room, arguing about that. They didn't have time for that. So they nixed it and went back to a quick rote prayer. And that, that, I remember that day, and uniquely, a few people came up and said, I, ha- I felt like I had a word from the Lord about our work, and that never got shared. Mm-hmm. So the norm in diocesan... Meetings and in parish meetings is we have a printed out agenda, and one of the agenda items, usually it's the first one, is prayer. And usually what that means is we say a quick rote prayer. Right. Right. That's the norm, mm-hmm. tragically, right? Mm-hmm. We were in a, a diocese uh, 
where we kind of teed up this exercise. We're trying to sh we're, we're continually trying to share with people like how to um, how to go into quote unquote the trailer and to ask God questions about our parish or our diocese and to reveal things, right? So remember, we, right. we did this not too long ago, yeah, and we, we set aside about half hour or so, right. and then I think we just gathered everybody together, and we, tr we tried to get feedback, like how was that for people? Remember yeah, that? I, I do, and uh, so we were inviting people to share out what their experience was, and, and uh, one particular woman shared out, and we knew what she was carrying. Her load was so heavy. We knew what her role was um, in parish ministry, and it wasn't just she wasn't just engaged in one parish. I think she was responsible for something like three parishes, if I if I've got that right. And God bless her. She said, in all honesty, she said, I couldn't even find the trailer. What a what a great I thought, comment. How telling. Yeah. How telling is that? But for those of us who have been in parish and diocesan ministry. We could easily say the same thing looking right. back. Right. So we, we talk all the time about the norm in parish life and diocesan life is you play whack-a-mole. You, you know, it's that game where the little head pops up and you just pound. Whatever's, <laughs> whatever the fire is now, put it out. Put it out. Put it out. Your head's on a swivel all the time. And so because it is, we're so acclimated to, okay, we got an hour and a half of this meeting. We got a lot of work to do. Strap on your ice skates. So let's say a quick prayer and then do the work. This is not going to bring transformation in the church. Father John, do you remember, um, it was probably a couple years ago now, you were having a conversation with a brother in the Lord um, in another diocese, in another state, and, and he'd invited you to talk to his pastor. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think was, they were trying to discern whether or not to do Alpha at right. the time, and so they'd come to me, and because we had done Alpha at the parish and had experienced just a tremendous fruit from it, mm -hmm. uh, people coming into an encounter with Jesus and, um, and then really entering into the sacramental right. life richly as a result. And so we, we talked for like an hour, and he, I think he kept looking for you know like me to give him answers as to, should I do this? And I kept saying, well... I don't know. I don't know your parish. Like, what have you, what have you heard from the Lord about what are the wounds right now in the parish, or what are the greatest needs in the parish right now? And he said, "Well, I, I don't know what those really are." Uh, and so we got done, and I, I called uh, my friend afterwards. I just said, "Man, I'm really sorry. That was probably a huge waste of you know your time and the pastor's time." And he said, "Padre," he says, uh, "No, it was anything but." He says, "We got done." And he and the pastor were talking to each other, and the pastor just admitted to him. He says, I don't pray like that. Like, I don't have time to pray like that. Or more honestly, I don't make time to pray like that. And I get it. Like, I've been a pastor. I mean, there is so much work to do. But what we do is we, we end up kind of exacerbating the problem. We feel like this is all on us. And so we, we relegate God and his wisdom and prayer to a mere agenda item, and we don't really ask him for answers what to do. And this is the heart of everything we want to try to say right now, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we came across not too long ago, we reread, I think, Mary, you brought it back to our attention, this fantastic address that uh, now Cardinal Contalamesa had given to the U.S. bishops a couple of years ago. It was a retreat, right. Yeah, it was all in the primacy of prayer. And and in it, uh, near the end of this opening talk that he gave to the guys, he makes this really startling statement, I think, where he says, we, we've, 
We've got to understand that the right relationship between prayer and work is not to juxtapose them, but to subordinate our work to our prayer. Now, what the heck does that mean? When we juxtapose prayer and work, and you can think parish life, you can think diocesan life, you can think family life, you can think whatever's going on in my own life right now personally, right? To juxtapose prayer and work means you say a quick prayer, and then you go do the work. He says, we got we to gotta get out of that habit. We got to learn to subordinate prayer to our work, or our work to our prayer, rather. Meaning what? Meaning you pray so as to ask God, what is the work? And he just holds up the apostles and the saints, and above all, our Lord. Jesus didn't pray before he worked. Jesus prayed to know what the work the Father was asking him to do was. And that's what we've got to get in the habit of. We, we, we talk often, uh, I, I draw on my own experience here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, when Archbishop Vigneron was um, gathering people together to discern what it was that God was asking of him and of the Archdiocese to do with regards to the new evangelization. It became a synod on the new evangelization that we had back in 2016. And he and uh, now Archbishop Burns, who's the Archbishop in Guam, um, they would lead the meetings, and we began every meeting with a half hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. And it was so transformational for everybody there. I mean, they they modeled for everybody. At the heart of transformation of the church is going to be a new approach to prayer, that it's not a quick prayer. It's not something that we go, mm, we don't have time for that. It's something that pushes everything else out because what God reveals in that prayer might change the whole agenda. And we would enter into prayer with the conviction God was going to speak. And then we would act on what we heard, right? So we'd go and pray, and then we'd come back and we'd spend another 15 minutes. Archbishop Burns would lead this, and he would ask everybody, what did God say? What did you hear? And that became what eventually became the synod. And that was so transformative, Father, because you said that had been modeled for you, and you brought that back to the parish. That changed our approach to parish council. That had changed our approach to our leadership team meetings. It changed the way I led my meetings. Um, that was that was that was like huge for us, right. and yet it's so simple. And it sound this, this this sounds like so. Here, here, full disclosure: this is the third time we've recorded this podcast because it sounds so simple. And it is so simple, but we can't overstate this enough. This is not normative in parish life, diocesan life, or family life, for that matter. And we are in a place right now, in the church, and in the country, and in our families, that we've never been before. And we don't have the answers. And what we do if we don't pray like this is we live by reacting Right? It's like going to the doctor, the doctor hits your knee with that thing, and your toe kicks out, right? <laughs> Most of us live that way. Right. We want to learn to live by responding to what God reveals to us in prayer, whether we're dealing with a family matter, or whether we're dealing with a parish matter, or we're dealing with the reorganization of the diocese. Lord, what are you saying to us right now? And we don't act until he speaks. 
I, I think that became really clear to you. You were doing some work in a diocese, right? And you were talking about the white paper. I think you guys were unpacking that. What did what did those guys share with you as you were talking about how the white paper came to be? Yeah, because I, I think it's 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 starting to become obvious to people who are outside the mission looking right, in. Right, right. So we so this, we we were working with a group, and they had been working with other groups for years, and when we came in and started talking about a set of things that were relating to their problems, mm-hmm. one of them just turned and said, oh, I can really see the benefit of having someone here who is taking the time to think and pray about what it is we're doing. That, that just kind of exemplified and typified this, you know. Um, I just want to say real quick, in addition to that, so we have to see prayer as the work, right? This is key. And when we do it, Father John, from your story of the sin, two two quick things. One is we have to go into the chapel, into the trailer, expecting that God has something to say. We have to ask a question. It's it's helpful when everybody has a, a question or two. They're kind of all asking the Lord so they can actually collectively hear wisdom about the thing. And then the next key, and this is the part I I, I per, on a, in, my, in my personal life I've rarely seen, but when it happens, it's just so simple. The leader comes back into the room and says, "What'd you hear? What do you think you heard?" That, that right there is the next key moment that often doesn't happen. Sometimes people go and pray and they come back and they just kind of move into the meeting. Ask people what they heard, even if you're not sure. I think I might have heard this. That's the part that we need. That's the part that moves it from merely juxtapos- juxtaposition to subordination. All right, and, and that, that, that entails the conviction that God's actually going to talk. Amen. That's right. And, and tragically, right, we've had conversations with lots of people and callers and veils and, you know, uh, religious jewelry, work in the church. And when we talk about this, it's not uncommon to have someone ask the question, how do you know if it was God talking? Which is a great question. I don't want to belittle that, but it's, 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 a, it's a sad statement that we've so acclimated ourselves to reducing prayer to an agenda item that we've forgotten how to discern God's voice. Mm. And so this is this such a simple idea sounds so hard to do. And again, we just want to keep underlining, circling, making bold and italics, whatever we want to do to highlight this. This is at the heart of the transformation of the church. To speak to something that you had, thank you, Father, something that you had just said, Nick, when um, when we go into the chapel and we come out, and like you said, oftentimes we're going in with a question or a scripture passage mm. the Father wants us to spend time with. And when we come out and we, you ask us, like, what have you heard? What, what, what you often hear is you're hearing the fruit of everyone's prayer, but you hear common themes starting to emerge, and a confirmation of what one person heard. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you got that image. This is what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart. And so you start to see God weaving something there. And it's exciting to see that the Spirit moving in power Absolutely, like that. So God delights to do this. We just tragically don't usually give Him the time. And the last number of decades in the church are indicative of the fact that we haven't been giving him the time. We've been relying on our own power mm. all too often. I know that's true for my own life, right? That I've been relying on my own intelligence or wisdom or insight, and there's I don't have anything to offer anybody. But God has God everything to offer us, right? I think what he's asking us, too, is just to have expectant faith. Go into prayer expectantly. 
That's right. Council Mesa uses in that address to the bishops, he has this great analogy. Huh? He says, the church is not a rowboat. Yeah. Well, we're trying to move the boat through the water on our own power. But that's how we operate most of the time, right? It's all up to me. It's up to me as the bishop. It's up to me as the pastor. It's up to me as, as the mom and the dad. It's up to me as whatever. Huh? We, this is all on me. He says, no, no, no. The church is a sailboat where the Spirit fills the sails with wind and moves it along the waters. And if we'll operate that way, if we'll like hoist the sails, put the, ro- put the oars down and say to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do. And I need you to talk. And I don't hear very well. So give me big ears and make it abundantly clear what you're asking me to do. He will do this because here's the key. God wants the transformation of the church more than we do. Because God wants his world back. And he's placed you and me in this world at this time with all the craziness that's going on because he has a role for us to play. And if we'll give him the time, he'll speak. So because that's true, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this. (laughs) 